Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. And it's just dawned on me that the man to my right may well have been more a part of, of Mr. Friss win than I first thought, because w were you at... Charlie Longston, this is, of course. Were you at Kim's at that point? No, oh. no, no, no. That was, I was still, God, 1990, I was still just left, just left prep school. So you joined, <laughs> you joined subsequent to that? I was about eight years later, yes. Okay. Yeah. N eight years later? Yeah, was, uh, Mr. Press was 1990, Yeah, Because yeah. my first foray to um, Kim Bailey's, you were there, and yes. that was mid to late 90s. Yes. Yeah, no, that was, um, I went there in 98. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a few years after. You haven't uh, changed a bit. Oh yeah, I'm still, still on my weight, still young <laughs> and still. Um, well, let's go back there first of all. What what what, what was that whole time like? Um, Kim's was fantastic. It was a started off in Lambourne. We moved up to Northamptonshire. Um, so I was about eighteen months in Lambourne, eighteen months in Northamptonshire, and then I and then um, had a fantastic time. Didn't have any amazing horse. Betty's boy was probably the best known horse. I think he was one of the favourites for the Grand National actually. Um, one year, then he pulled out lame mm. about the week before the race, um, which was a bit of a disaster um, from North when we were at Thorndale Farm. It was not Thorndale, but Northamptonshire, Preston yep. Capes, Preston yeah, yeah. Capes. Yeah, the gallops um, got washed away. The gallops got washed away. I was there when the gallops got washed away, which was a, which was um, yeah, it was. It was he'd done a lot better since he'd gone to Thorndale Farm. Mm. Good on Kim. He re re rejigged everything, moved to Thorndale and Andoversford, um, and he's been flying ever since. So, so, so yeah, Grand National me. winner in 90, um, you joined just after the, the double in 95. It went down But it wasn't connected. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I'm saying. Um, and I'm sure you, you're cutting your teeth there, and then where did you go after that? So I went to Nicky Henderson's yeah. five years from 2001 to 2006 with Nicky, um, the times of landing lights, Geos's, Trebolgans, Von Mort's, this goes on. Um, good horses. Um, had fantastic, fantastic five years there. Spent a um, couple of summers in America um, with Todd Pletcher in Saratoga. I was lucky enough to get a scholarship out there, which was amazing. Great experience. Um, yeah, I, I, did I, I, everyone asked, did I bring things I learned in America back to England? It's not quite that sort of holiday sort of thing. Would you, do you uh, still follow Pletcher's runners at all? Were you, were you looking at the Dubai World Cup with Life is Good, for example, or is that just not on your radar? No, it's, 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 no I, I do. But when I went out there, I always thought, God, American racing, you know, this and that. But actually, no, I do. I do, um, I do follow the American racing. I follow the American jump racing a lot. And we've had run, jump runners yeah. out in America. I know American jump racing is... Um, amazing prize money, but it's you know it's it is more the equivalent of the point to point scene. Though it is very good horses and very good prize money. Um, it's not at the it's not at the mainstream tracks. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Um, but it's I do follow that huge amount, and I do follow Pletcher's runners because he was he was legend. I mean, very simply, that Saratoga, the main season I was there out there, Saratoga, the summer of two thousand and four, I think it was. Um, Saratoga is a six-week festival, nine races a day, six days a week. Um, and um, he was leading trainer with 36 winners, and I think the next best trainer had 13. So that's, you know, mm. yes, he had more runners, but it shows you the measure of the man, you know. Very what, what was your role there then? I was uh, a foreman, basically, as a head lad sort of thing. Okay. Um, so you're up at four o'clock every morning, um, you know, and then we had runners every afternoon. It was long days, long evening, you know, it was, it, you worked, very hard, um, but you also, you know, you're on, you're sort of half a working holiday, so you played hard as well. So, yeah. um, it was good fun, good fun. And I, yes, he's a great man, he's a great, great trainer, very smooth, Texan, never raised his voice. Um, he's just a, yeah, good trainer. And uh, so, like you say, because I immediately now want to ask, what did that teach you about coming back to Chipping Norton and training jumpers? But I suppose maybe uh, things go in naturally. But there's no specific technique you've brought back. No, and thought, I'm going to set my stall out to to do it this way or that way. <laughs> no, no look, everything's on the track there. Um, you know, it's he's a flat trainer. This is the first and foremost, and we're a national hunt trainer. But you know, you yes, you do take everything you learnt, but do you put it into practice back at home? Probably do without thinking about it slightly in in places, but no, not generally. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a fantastic time. Yeah, it was a time when he had a f he won the distaff that year with a shadow. He won the sprint with Spitestown. So good horses there at the time. So um, yeah, it was a good learning experience for set us up perfectly for about a year later, eighteen months later, when we started training. Um, how is life in Chippy Norton? Good. Yeah. No. Look, it's um, it's been it's been good. You know, we've had a fantastic year so far this year. Um, we've had you know forty plus winners. Um, we've got our great flagship horse, which um, who's been a superstar. We've just got to hope it lasts at least another week. Have you ever known anything quite like this, the build-up to this year's National, with the story that Snow Leopardess is currently and could be? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> look, we've, we've had runners in the Grand National before, but they've been 50, 60 to 1 shots. Pendra was a fantastic horse, ne never got his ground. I think he'd have done a lot better if he had decent ground. Um, but she is, yeah, there's so much attention, um, quite rightly so. She's, I'm sure we'll talk about this, she's the story of the race. Mm -hmm. um, she's quite rightly in the top six of the markets. Um, and, yeah, look, it's stressful. It's um, nerve-wracking, but very exciting at the same time. So, all right, so we'll get to the, the story and the intricacies of that. Just on her chance, first of all, right? Will she stay? Yes, that's that. I've, I've got no issues with her with her staying ability. No, no. Okay. Will she go the early pace of the race? Good question. Thanks. That's that. <laughs> if I had a one worry, they go quick to the first. Um, and whereas I think she doesn't mind much ground. She's won a great two on good ground. She won the the equivalent of the Mayor's finale yesterday at Newbury on good ground. Um, whatever, how many years ago? Um, so I don't. Oh, want that's, that's an amazing. That's a. a an amazing transition, isn't it? Yeah, that? No, no, exactly. But she's so she's um, so the ground is not an issue. You know, it's, it's my worry is the speed to the first fence is the is the is my will be my natural worry. She has got plenty of speed, but you just have to you know, I wouldn't want her to get swallowed up down the inside going to the first. I would probably give it. We'll make sure she has a bit more space. Okay, so so 
you'll want her to line up a bit wider. A bit wider, because then if horses are going quicker, she's not being crowded around okay. too much. Where, sort of forward position in the field or back of the field, where do you want her position? I'd like, you'd like her to be hand, quite fairly handy with a bit of daylight. Um, you know, there's guarantee that she'll be, like every horse, they'll be in top gear to the first fence. And then they just slightly, they slightly, they, they, they will start, then they'll slightly take a break. You know, if she can get to the first fence with a bit of daylight, she'll be fine. She loved the fences, right? I'd hope so. I mean, she certainly seemed she to love like them it. in the beach chase. You know, she seemed to absolutely thrive with the fences. There's a, there's one, there was one aerial shot of her jumping beaches, which I thought was something to behold. It was just really, just, she just, you can see that she eyes them up from a way out and she just launches over them. It was exciting to watch that mm. day. Nerve-wracking to watch. What what's she like? Um, she knows she's special. She's certainly we we sort of joke that she's the queen of the yard, um, and she is to be fair. And she's you know, yes, there has been plenty of media attention and cameras about recently, um, and she very much plays up to it all. She knows you know she's idling in the in in the on the sh shot now. Um, as Aidan said, she had plenty left in the tank, but she just, into her driving rain and headwind, she just, just lost concentration and idled and because held on. Because some might look at that and think, oh, she's tying up, she's Quite not going to stay a national so. trip. Quite rightly so. That's what everyone, everyone, all, everyone, all, everyone asks me, will she, will she stay? And as Aidan said after in his interview, he said, I would have shot myself if we had got beaten that day because you know, she had given me the most amazing three and a quarter miles and that last bit she just got lonely in front mm. um, and I'm sure if you ask Aidan now he'd still say the same thing she got lonely much she had plenty left in the tank she got lonely into a driving rain and headwind mm. and and you feel that it's likely to be slightly better ground um, going over further is not going to be a problem so there's, pl there's plenty in her favour I feel yes. like one, once you see her over the first six or eight say and she's in a rhythm and in a race you might just breathe a bit yeah i think that first line of fences is massively important it's getting like any horse i mean any trainer will say to any jockey or any jockey will say that they, they go over those first six get into a nice rhythm if they're a nice rhythm they'll have a amazing four miles spin round. Mm. um if you don't get into that rhythm it could be a very long four miles or you won't even get that far so you know, the most important thing in my eyes you know and i'm sure aiden i haven't spoken to aiden totally about this um you know i'm sure we'll be getting into a nice rhythm just try and give her a bit of daylight give her a space don't crowd around her too much and um i mean it's the easiest said than done when there are 39 other horses in the race but um look we'll see we'll see it's 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 the hardest race i think to assess because so much can go wrong that can be so completely as i'm sure you know that can control. be so completely out of your control yes um so i don't know if that makes it easier or harder from a trainer's point of view Look, what will be will be, um, but it is, it is an exception. You know, in the old days, it was a real lottery. You know, you had to take the fences, and the, they're a lot bigger than they are now. Now you get lots of very good horses in the race. It is a very, it is at the end of the day, an exceptionally good quality handicap with forty horses, um, and you know she's got to get up, stay up the pace. And look, she's. We know she'll jump the fences. You know, I think she'd have, she's one of the horse, few horses probably that would have jumped the old-fashioned style fences as well. Um, but that's you know that that's not going to necessarily win her the race. You know, she's got to be able to jump these ones. Um, look, it's it's impossible to guess what will happen, but we can keep dreaming until next Saturday afternoon.
Welcome back. Charlie Longson still alongside and Jonathan Harding of the Racing Post is with me. How are you? Nice to see you. Brilliant. Lovely to see you too. Um, we, the first thing we discussed when we came in was win my wings yesterday mm. because it is the, the talking point. Um, we've talked about a mayor potentially winning a Grand National. We had a mayor win a Scottish National yesterday as easy as you like. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Uh, the acceleration after the last was just, you'd, it was almost as if she was going around for the first time and Rob James had a little look around for invisible dangers, as they say, and it, just nothing could mm. get even close. It was a remarkable performance and a great training performance as well. Yeah, and he'd, um, he'd said in the week, it, it was easier, I think he said, to, to make the case this is Christian Williams for Kitty's Light because... You know, he had the profile coming into the race. This had been a target, and 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 the mayor was up in grade again, and, and up in the handicap pool. They put the services of of Rob James and um, Kitty's light hampered there, but but it didn't really make a difference, Charlie. The I thought the game was up a circuit to go. Rob James just rode it with so much confidence to to see a, a horse win a test like this, a Scottish Grand National, without really coming off the bridle was what was frightening. Massively impressive. Um, you know, she's. Going to the last, she's 10, 15 lengths clear, and he's taking a pull into the last to make it safe, and he's um, he's, he's home. Um, yeah, look, the first and second Christian hat off to him. Done that, did that at Kempton as well, and he won the Isle. Like he's doing a doing a very good job. Yeah, he's still not doing bad. Yeah, um, he's he's clearly a very good target trainer with these with these staying chasers. Um, you know, had had Captain Nor. Um, when it came to being Kitty's light, on the same day won the Ida, and then for for her to come out and do this, I mean the the, the future could be pretty bright. Absolutely, it could for her and and for Christian. He's he's just with these staying chases. There's something that he's doing that is working. He's able to pinpoint them and get them just right for those big days. And and a performance like this, and where do you go with her next? I mean, the, the options are open, really. You see, it could be a national horse, potentially. Yeah, well, she... Um, I mean, there is the possibility of going to Sandown, but, you know, he's got to win that with Kitty's Light. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whether he want to do that... Five, that's right, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, a really smart performance from her. And what's it like when you're, you know, you're, you're looking on at a performance from, a, from another yard like that? Do you think, well, you know, nothing else could compete? Well, that was, and certainly yesterday, there was no, no one had a chance. Um, it's a fantastic bit of training, to be honest. Um, as as we you've already alluded to, he's you know he, these staying these staying races. He's he's mopping up mm. um, better ground. I think it's probably suited them both as well. They were all all run on better ground. Um, he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, we've got some jockey cam footage of I think Jack Tudor on, on um, Kitty's Light, which we can have a look at. Um, now he, Jonathan, made some notable errors early on. I felt he was on the, the, the back foot, the horse, more than, more than we've seen. I thought he did actually remarkably well to finish second. Um, so that look, doesn't look very fun, does it? No. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I think there are lots of positives you can take, but the, I, I suppose the trouble is if you put yourself on the back foot in a race like that, then it's going to be very difficult to, to make up the ground, let alone when you're up against a stable companion who does it in that way. Well, this is it, yeah. Without the errors, uh, probably would have got a little bit closer. And he's a very good horse in his own right, you can see here. Um, sort of negotiated that slightly hairy moment very well and, and jumped reasonably well throughout, bar a few little niggly errors. But look, you can see how far the winner's won there. Um, 
but that's no sort of no bad thing finishing as close as, as he did to her to be honest because it was just an exceptional performance yeah they were written quite differently with um, you know Jack Tudor was out the back and well, you saw Rob James rode his mare so confidently, you know, wide throughout, just keeping her out of trouble, and that was all he had to do. And, and there's Jack having a look over at, at, at uh, Rob, and well, I don't, I don't know what else he could have said other than a huge well done. Um, as far as the, the winning trainer went, well, no doubt he was absolutely delighted. This is what he said to Gordon Brown afterwards. Well, we pleased. We thought we'd come here with two good chances, and we didn't... Um you know, we, we were fairly bullish here, but we thought we had two horses that could generally win the race. So it was a great day. They, you know, they run their hearts out there. They looked, the mare looked classy all the way around. A little bit too keen, if anything, but um, she put up a massive performance there. Probably the track looked to suit her. She got into a good rhythm. She's a strong traveller. And um, maybe the track suited her a little bit better and kept his light on the day. But um, it would have taken a mighty performance from any horse to look that way to have beaten her today. The way she travelled in the final circuit into the race, she's taking it up with four to go, and, and just that was it, race over. Ah, brilliant, yeah, got great pleasure to watching her at um, winning Newcastle and watching her today, just um, you know, just watching with massive pride. And you know, the, the type of thing horses like that do for, for my own business and my career is um, we can only be thankful that, that we've ended up with her. It's easy been bullish before the race, which you were, but these two horses have delivered. For you, you might not even be surprised that you've had the one-two. And we spoke yesterday. You seem to think they would both go so well, and, and well, here they go. No, no, it's great. Yeah. And as you said, very proud of the horses, the staff, and it's just great to watch them out there running. You know, running, seeing them in the paddock beforehand, looking so well. And um, two horses enjoy the racing so much, and get great pride from watching them. Uh, win my wings is nine now, and she's always been a staying chaser. But we haven't stepped her up to these distances until she wasn't ready until this season. So just owned by good owners. They let me guide her career from from the start, and um, now we're, we're seeing the best of it now. But she won a two-mile hurdle race in France, beat one of the best mares in France last year. So we knew she was a good mare. It's just a matter of um, when we stepped her up in distance. You were also quick to point out we spoke yesterday about just how relatively cheap both these horses were. Yeah, yeah, not from our own perspective, just to give hope to everyone else that um, we don't need to go to a Cheltenham sales and, and spend three, four hundred thousand pounds on horses to compete in these races. I think Kitty's Light was only five, five thousand pounds, and Win My Wings was nine, nine thousand pounds. So yeah, it's just, just um, you know, they, it can be done. They're, you know they're they're not specifically owned by syndicates, but you know working off those types of budgets, and it's possible to you know to get the success in these type of races. Where there's a day like this, um, you know a moment like this, a one-two in the Scottish National, where does it sit in your career so far, Christian? Unbelievable. Obviously, we you know we won a Welsh National, but um, you know we're very ambitious. And we want to keep marching on. So winning the Grand National three years ago is forgotten about, and today is very special now. And you know we're off to Aintree next week, but. You know, don't play it down. We we appreciate every day and every time we get a winner at these big meetings, we we enjoy it. You know, and as, as I said, it's hopefully it's putting us on the right track to to be in a bigger and better yard. And these two horses today, what will they be doing next? Is that them for the season? Um, Kitty's light is entered in the wit in the bet three six five. That could be it. We win my wings. We may maybe put her away now. Speak to the owners. Speak to the owners, but um, she's ending the bet three six five. But I would have thought she had a hard. You couldn't say she had a hard race today. But it looked like she, she had a hard enough race in Newcastle, and she's a little bit tired after the race. It's very warm and humid that day, and um, the only risk running today was whether we'd be better off giving her another three weeks for the bet three six five. But I thought the ground today is worth taking a chance, and 
and she deserved to run in and, and try and win such such a big race. But that probably I'd say I could be her could be her done now. The owners have them back to their place in the summer. They got a wonderful place and they can have it back and enjoy her for the summer. Well, that was the winning trainer. What about the winning rider? Pleased to say that Rob James joins us on the line. Uh, hiya, Rob. Well Hello, done. That, that looked, um, well, I don't want to say it looked easy because that feels like I'm, I'm not giving you due praise, but you <laughs> made it look easy, shall I say. Uh, yeah, look at that. The, the, the mayor, the mayor did, 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 I didn't have to do much on her, you know. She travelled and she, she jumped fence to fence everywhere. She, she done it herself, really, you know. Well, just um, take me through the plan. Was it the case that you, as far as possible, wanted to keep her out of trouble? Yeah, I just wanted to get a clear run around, and uh, Chris and you said uh, drop her in a bit there and just get a, try get a clear run around and stay out of trouble. And and she said hopefully she should she should be there 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 thereabouts, you know. How did the ride come about? Uh, he rang me last week there, and he said uh, just keep an eye on the weights there, and uh, he was planning on claiming seven offer. And I said I said yeah, that's no bother, and um, I'd be friendly with fishing as well, so um, that's how it came about. There's a, a good, I don't know if you can see what we have on the screen, but it's a, a good headline that just said, Rob James having a £7 claim is like theft, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a great compliment to you. I mean, the point being that, you know, you've, you've, you've ridden hundreds of points, point winners, you've, you've, in those sorts of races, um, yeah. you seem so comfortable, so at ease, Rob. But yeah, look, at you get, uh, you get used to... You get used to have plenty of rides for garden and things and big handicaps, and you get used to it after a while, you know, and the lads have been good to me, so I have plenty of experience in things, so I have. Um, we're just seeing, I think you you approaching two out now. I mean, she absolutely cantered up. Did you did you have to get after her at all, or did she just take you there? No, she just, she, she took me everywhere and jumped fence to fence, and... Turned in, I thought uh, Harry Harry Skelton was going to carry me a little bit longer, but she was just she was taking me so easy, she was doing it herself, you know. Look over your left shoulder, look over your right shoulder, then you've yeah. not got to um, negotiate the last. What's the buzz like compared to, I suppose, the obvious question, the Cheltenham Festival? But 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 riding the winner of the Scottish National, what's it like, Rob? Oh, it's a, it's a brilliant buzz. Like it's a big race, the one of the big races of the year, and it's a, it's a great place, and. There's a big crowd there and lots of owners and trainers. No, it's a great buzz, though, it is. How was Cheltenham for you this year? Uh, yeah, plenty of rides, plenty of rides. No luck, but um, hopefully we'll be back next year. You, do you know, I, I feel it's fair to say at, at Cheltenham that you didn't have a huge amount of luck, did you? You had a couple of, of um, you know, notable incidents where your, your mounts were, were a little bit stuffed given what happened in the races. And this is when it all goes to plan, right, with Win My Wings? Yeah, exactly. When when it goes to plan, it's great, and when it works out, it's great. Um, but uh, look at yeah, no, we 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 had no luck in Cheltenham, but hopefully we'll be back back next year with a bit of luck. Well done again, Rob. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much. Uh, Rob James successful yesterday on uh, Win My Wings, winning the the Scottish National. Right. Also at air yesterday, we had the Scottish Champion Hurdle. We had a win for Ireland in the form of Anna Benina, all heart. She. She did battle back to, to land the Scottish champion hurdle, having gone well in the race last year. Um, I thought, Jonathan, there was a point where she was going to have her chance gone. She's trapped away on the inside. And then as uh, Westcourt comes a, across her, it just hampered her a touch. But, you know, she was pulled out and she still found plenty. Yeah, and I mean, that's the sign of a good mare who can sort of adjust to these situations. It was, it was a, an excellent ride. As you say, it looked like West Cork was coming with a winning run here, but she just plugged away really nicely, 
and it uh, makes a refreshing change, the Irish coming over and winning our champion hurdles, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, she, this is where Westcourt goes over. Um, he's hanging there, Charlie, isn't he? Westcourt just, just cuts her up a touch, but she still finds when, when pulled out. Yeah, just Westcourt slugging into the Neil King horse, one for the road, isn't it, I think, on the mm. inside. Um, actually, well, I, was quite, I was hoping one for the road might win the race because... Perth is helping with the building of our house is, is one of the part owners so so yeah so we've got a bit of connection there so that's when I'm absolute, that's when I had, had a fantastic season credit to all them as well but you know yeah West Cork came to win the race just looked like lugged in and just only slightly interfered but um, but the best best horse won the day yeah size difference between the two of them West Cork and and, and the diminutive Anna Benina up the inside there um, this was her last start last year been relatively lightly racing, probably campaign with, with this in mind. But she could go back on the flat, there's options for her. Yeah, plenty of options. And, and look at the attitude to be flipped out like that and still come and, come and find a sort of a late finish like that against what is a very good yardstick in, in West Cork. I, I, it was a really impressive performance. And as you say, the options, are, the options are there for her now. Yeah, I think they, fair enough to, to West Cork, having you know, won a great wood, ran a, a good race in, in the county, and then well, turning out again relatively quickly. He's run a good race. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a, a hell of a training performance to get him back in the first instance to win the Greatwood. So anything's sort of a bonus from there. And Okay, yeah, he's, he's run well. He's run really well. And he's just been beaten by a better mare on the day. Yeah, I, I bet that was a, a nice buzz for, for Sean Bowen. We're getting used to seeing the Bowens win on, these, on, on some Irish horses. With the, James Bowen winning the Imperial Cup. And... Um, uh, this this man James uh, Sean Bowen, sorry, winning on on Anna Benina now. Um, he's continued having a a good year, Sean. Certainly has, yeah. There's never been any doubts that that he's a talented rider, but as with all jockeys, it's just the the opportunities. So for him to carve out these openings with Irish trainers is just going to be another string to his bow. It was a, a great day all in all for uh, John McConnell, who'd have um, enjoyed the the winner of the last Aleppistown. He joins us now. Um, John, well done on a, a great day yesterday. Let, let's start with, with Anna Benina. Was that just a, a plan off the back of going close last year, well executed? Well, let's say it's that time anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was always the intention to come back and try and win it. Um, we kind of went from uh, elation to despair uh, last year because she got birched through a, a part of her tendon in the, in the race last year and she literally stepped off the boat um, coming home. I went straight to a veterinary hospital to to get treatment, and it was touch and go for a while. Um, infection set in very quickly, as it does, and um, it was touch and go for a while whether she'd make it. But she, thankfully, she did. So um, that kind of set her back, and, and um, you know, it took a long time for her form to kind of come back. But uh, thankfully, it did just in time. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I, I've just been saying the last time we saw her last season was was in the, the Scottish champion, and, and that exactly explains why. So will it, will it be different off the back of this win now, John? Are there, are there other more immediate um, targets you might have in mind for her? Well, I did, I did mention the Swinton um, uh, just after winning because obviously it's a flattish track and left-handed, a similar sort of race and good ground normally there. So that's, a, that's one to look at. Um, and I suppose being in Ireland, uh, we would have to have a think about the Galway hurdle. It's such a huge pot, Tom, um, that you'd have to consider it. But, I mean, probably I'd love to go back and try and win the Scottish champion again um, if I had, if I had, you know, if that, that would be my, my aim. What were you thinking just sort of a, a, approaching the last as, 
as West Cork just came across. Did, did you think that might be her chance gone, or were you were you confident she'd she'd find one in the clear? Well, I, I knew Sean hadn't gone for her, but she's. I mean, it's very hard to describe how small she is, Tom. She's mm. literally a pony, and. Um, you know, when a horse gets his uh, his or her rhythm broken like that, or, or you know, gets a physical kind of impediment at that time of the race, especially a small horse like that, you're gonna, t- you're, you know, you think that's curtains. But um, she's always been really, really tough, and you know, she's just a winner of a horse. Um, when Jed O'Keefe had her, you know, he, he ran up a sequence with her, and she's just that type of horse that just wins for you. So you know, they're very, very special sort of horse. Yeah, and you, and you know. West Cork, well, I'm going to say he's big. I don't know if it's, if it's her making him look big. But in comparison to the others, I'm watching the field now. You know, he's not small. But, but, but when he comes across her, I mean, she, she disappears behind him. She, she is just, she's not the biggest, but she, she has plenty of heart. Yeah, she's all heart. Um, and she wants to do it for you. And that's a big thing. Um, you know, she got kind of sandwiched between the two horses in front of her. And, um, uh, you know, it was took an awful lot, a lot for her to come back and around them and, and go ahead. And she won well at the line. Um, I mean, Sean was excellent on her. Um, mind you, if it got beaten, I might not be saying that. But um, <laughs> she, uh, you know, the two of them are, were a good team yesterday. Will she go back on the flat at all, John? I think she will. She's not overly handicapped on the flat. She's had a few runs around Dundalk and places where it probably wouldn't suit her. So I think we might mix and match during the summer. Um, I won't over-race her. As I said, she's She's not a very big filly, but um, I'm sure we'll have some sort of target on the flat. And uh, yeah, my ultimate goal would be to go back and try and win it next year. Um, you were—it was a family day, wasn't it, at Leopardstown yesterday, John? Yeah, yeah, it was great to round off the day. Um, yeah, Killian uh, rode his fourth winner um, on a horse that's quite hard to win with as well. He gave it a peach of a ride, so and it's great because the, the owners were all there and they're very loyal and and. Uh, long-suffering owners of mine, so it was great to have them all there. And the same with Anna Benina's owner, but another very loyal and, and long-term owner, so uh, it was brilliant to get winning for those sorts of people, you know. We're, we're watching it, it now, a, a nice, confident ride up the inside, John. Yeah, he always travels very well. Um, I think, I don't know if he actually officially had a squiggle uh, before we got him, but he hadn't won before we got him, and um, a lot of people were, I'd say, he was called other names other than Zahi a lot of times, but... Um, He's won three for us now, and he just needs things to go right. He needs a good pace and needs cover as long as he can get it. So the little bit of trouble in running up the straight probably helped him, and uh, Killian knew that. He, he knew not to go too early. And um, uh, in fairness to Dorothy, he did pick up well. He, he was lower on the turf than the dog, so that probably made a difference, you know. Um, and, and tell us a bit about Killian, John. Yeah, he's 21. Um, he, he actually started riding horses uh, when he was 16, so he's he's come a long way in a short space of time. Um uh, you know, he hasn't got those hundreds of rides, pony racing rides under his belt. So, like, to make the progress he had, it's been great. And uh, he's also in college. He's doing actuary and in, uh, in college as well. So, he he's nearly finished that for the year. And again, give the summer a good rattle and see how, how we can how we can get on. Uh, being 21, his weight is quite good. It's settled now. So, yeah, listen, I'm not going to push him either way. But if he if he uh, if he wants to go down that route, it'd be great. Welcome back. Jonathan Harding still alongside me from the Racing Post. We are going to look back at the Irish action from Leopardstown yesterday. Um, three key trials we had. We had the 1,000 Guineas trial, the 2,000 as well. 2,000 listed race and then the, the 1,000 a, a Group 3. And um, we had the, the Group 3 as well. Uh, subsequent to that one by Pisba Deal. That was the Bally Sachs. Have you crossed over into flat mode yet? 
it feels a bit strange, doesn't it, with the Grand National still to be run? I don't know whether there's an argument for a clean break so we can all have a holiday and then come back with the flat. Holidays focus. in racing? <laughs> can you imagine? Um, I love this time of year, yes. but I genuinely, you know, you'll be talking and, and, and somebody will say, oh, you know, the, the 2000 Guineas last year, and I'll go, yeah, can't remember what won it. And then it takes you a little while to get back in there. So there we are. I mean, I still genuinely can't remember. Um, right, let's start with the Bally Sacks yesterday. Um, so this went to uh, Pisba Deal beating Buckaroo. It was a battle of the O'Briens. It was Donnaker and, and Joseph. Um, Joseph's horse on, on the outside here looked as though Jonathan, he, he came with a, a winning run. But um, Pisba Deal probably just stayed on, on best to score. Do you think this is going to have a, a huge impact on the derby? It's so hard to say this far out I think his, his sort of double figure price for the derby is probably fair so around sort of 12 14 to 1 seems about right I mean he showed a wonderful attitude you'd be most encouraged by the way he's finished his race here staying on so strongly at the end having looked beaten that suggests that the derby trip is going to be well within his sort of um, well within his remit and I Look, it's, it's a race that Aidan O'Brien has dominated in recent years. It's a very good trial for very good horses, sort of Galileo's, High Chaparral, Yates. So plenty of encouragement here. I think you're going to see, you're going to want to see both of them run again, again, potentially against each other. That will give us a better idea. On, uh, and uh, one thing I, I do think that is quite interesting is that um, the winner is a Ulysses. And, you know, he was quiet last year, as in... A lot of his, his two-year-olds ran towards the back end of their two-year-old campaign. But I think he could have a really good year with his three-year-olds. So, I mean, he as a horse just progressed and progressed. I think mm. only ran once at the, as a two-year-old at the back end of his season. But it was a point Steve Mellish was making to me yesterday as well. He's, he's got him on his radar to have a, a very good year with his three-year-olds, potentially. No, absolutely. And that, that's always the around this time of year, we're, we're looking at the two-year-old form and thinking, well, there's always that question mark of, have they trained on into three-year-olds? And if you've got late developing horses like by Ulysses, that's not necessarily a bad thing coming on for these big races like like a Derby. It doesn't. It's an, often not the worst time to peak as a three-year-old as opposed to being a precocious two-year-old. Mm, absolutely. Don't forget, we're going to get an update from um, Charlie Apley's team as well a little bit later on in the programme with regards to his star two-year-olds last year and how they've done into their three-year-old season. Right, the 2000 trial went to Dr Zemp, for horse with a, a very high level of form last year. He went off at the, the top of the betting. This was over seven furlongs. Now, he's won a key trial, so why wouldn't they go and, and, and take in the mile and try him over a mile? I am personally not convinced he will be seen to best effect over a mile. What do you think? Well, as, as you say, that, that's something that they'll test. You've got to have a go at it over a mile. If, you, if you've won a Guineas trial, it makes perfect sense to then have a crack. But like you say, I, I, I don't think the way he finished out his race necessarily screams top, top miler. And I know that the trainer's sort of playing his cards quite close to his chest as well, saying, well, this is only first step of the job done there's a lot of improvement to come he may improve on get the mile and, and be a, a guineas a realistic guineas contender but you know it's, it's there are options over seven furlongs as well there are worse headaches to have yeah and, and i suppose the thing is now with the commonwealth cup you you have that natural um what is it a, a five six week break between a guineas and, and a royal ascot where you can come back to six or a jersey if you like but mm -hmm. it affords you the chance to to try the mile but then still have 
top end targets uh, with, with the right space of time in between the two that you can go for. But there's a lot of speed in that pedigree, so. There is, yeah. But like you say, I think you it's a shot to nothing really to try over a mile and okay. then drop back if necessary. Absolutely, and Connections also had um, Sacred Bridge in the, in the um, 1000 trial. Um, this was won by Dermot Wells Philly. I, I thought um, Homeless Song in, in, in the style of a, a horse that would definitely see out a mile and, and, and stay a little bit further. Uh, how impressed were you with this? I think I was probably most impressed of the three key trials. I was most impressed by this performance. Just the way she quickens up here is really impressive. Put the race to bed in a matter of strides. You can see just accelerating clear. Looks like the mile is going to be absolutely no problem in, in colours we sort of associate with these big races as well. So look, the, the Guineas has got to be on the agenda now and, and Dermot Weld's not sort of been a, a regular in those big races at Newmarket, but he's, he's got a really nice chance here of, mm. of winning, I believe, winning his first thousand guineas at Newmarket. Yeah, I, I'm just checking. She's got an Irish Oaks entry as so well. She's a Frankel. There's plenty of stamina in there. Um, I love the way she quickened, and, mm. and, and you know, she, she also has um, plenty of stamina in the pedigree. I suppose the question is, is that form good enough to mix it with an Inspiral based upon what we saw last year? Um, I don't think the market was keen to, I think Tenebrism was actually short in the touch. It didn't have a, a huge impact necessarily on the market anyway. No, and it's one of those where we might need to see what the horses in behind do on their next start. And it, during the flat season, we have these early trials and, and we sort of get a little bit excited about the horses. But that you've always got that sneaking suspicion that a, a Charlie Appleby or a John Gosden or an Aidan O'Brien's going to have one or two that are mm. just going to come through. I mean, Inspiral looks like a very serious, serious classic contender. Well, we've got the Craven meeting four days after the... Oh, no, three days after the Grand National. Yeah, that will help us. That will help sort of even out the market a little bit, give, give us a better impression of, of who the big players might be. But it's an exciting time because uh, none of them have, uh, you know, any of them can go and win it at this point, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, nothing's gone wrong yet. Nothing's gone wrong yet. Which is perfect. Welcome to Ven Farm, home of Colin Tizard, who at the end of the season will be handing over the reins to his son Joe. And we're here today to speak to Joe about the horses and their plans for the Aintree Festival, where they have two very live chances for the Grand National. Well, let's talk about Fiddler on the Roof because he is obviously kept fresh. But I want to go back to the beginning a bit with him because £200,000 buy wasn't cheap. But as a younger horse, he looked all speed and he won over two miles and he was a very good horse as a novice. The ideas of things like a Grand National then, was that ever ever in your mind? Not, not then. Um... I, I don't know if he was as fast as, as he made out. He won a Tolworth, but because he was a year older mm. than the rest and it was heavy ground, and he had like a really good cruising speed, but um, he was never like a complete speedy. He was always going to step up and trip as we went through, but we just kind of didn't need to until until the right time. Mm. Um, you know, we bought him at Aintree. Um, Brendan Bashford actually t had been on the phone to me for a fortnight saying that I got a really nice horse. You need to look at it. Um, and it was the first horse we bought, first or second horse we bought publicly with Ross Doyle. 
Um, he'd already sent us lost in translation, but the first one we went to the cells and we knocked it down to to Tizard, Tizard Doyle. So, mm. so that was like cementing that yeah. that um, that relationship with him buying our horses as well. And um, yeah, he just he, I, I, we always knew he was going to get further. Not saying like ultimately a Grand National, but we thought that as he stepped up through the novice rank, we would slowly step him up and trip over a fence. Yeah, and. Um, that's what he's. That's what he's done, basically. So he was obviously pretty forward in his novice days. What went wrong last year? Was he a, a victim of, of the sort of the, the bugs and the various issues? Well, possibly, but he was. He was probably our most consistent horse last year. He took on the best. You know, he's second. Um, he was second against good horses. You know, everything mm. that beat him was was a, was a good horse. You know, a, a festival horse. So he didn't do a great deal wrong. He just was was coming up against one. Um, mm. He's been he's been a bit guilty of that all of his life, but not not for any particular reason. He he just he just kept bumping into one. And you, I saw you had wind surgery with him. He's one that did. Yeah, tweaked and, his wind. Yeah, and season. Yeah, tongue ties. I just think compared to what this season where he's come to and that second of the Labrooks Trophy, was that always a plan after the back end of last year? You saying keep bumping into one? Let's go make the most of his. Handicap Mark, let's go explore that. Well, he just he was a graded novice, basically not not quite getting his head in front, but he was um, you know second in RSA and he was tipped, ticked all the boxes for for a Labrador's Trophy, you know second season chaser, mm. rate one hundred and fifty, I think he was then, and um, just just ticked a lot of boxes, and then then we'd we'd won the Colin Parker, we'd lost, so it just worked out timing wise was a perfect prep for him. Mm. Um, because he'd only won the one, the one novice chase. He'd only won at Exeter. The rest of the time, he was second. So, um, just seemed an obvious target. And you look back, and you know he was unlucky. Four out, nearly just had to sidestep, remastered when he fell, and probably just cost him a bit of momentum when he was was there, and then stayed all the way through the line. So, when did you have a little debrief and think, right, we can target this horse at? certain things now you show that he can stay when did you start plotting uh, the Grand national plan off of the back of the off of the back of the labrooks um mm. straight away and then we said well we we didn't want to run him in the king george um so we just said right let's let's wait let's wait until the weights are out for the national and if if we're going to do it then um then we'll do it well so let's talk to so like there's Richard Paul and and Nick involved, like, and they've all got opinions. But it's Richard and I that talk about the sort of the the race planning of it, and um, and we said let's let's work let's work back of one run at Ascot, mm. which the weights had come out on the Tuesday. Yeah. And then um, and then we'll we'll go. I think he's two pounds two pound well in in the nationals. Nothing is it? Yeah. Um, so he's off one five five. Um, they actually did us a favour. Without running over Christmas, he, he dropped four pounds. Really? Stood in his yeah, box, yeah. which <laughs> never normally happens. So. Is that because of the form of the Labrooks hasn't been particularly eye-catching? No, exactly that. Mm. Um, so, and, and when he went up nine pounds for getting beaten half a length, we, we were in touch with the handicapper. Mm. Um, I was. I said to Richard, I said, do you ring him? I said, you're, you're the same yes. thing down the phone to me. I said, oh, that's what it's for. So he had yeah. a, he had a, and, and he'll say himself, he had a lovely conversation with the handicapper. And mm. he's... And he explained his views and vice versa. And he said, well, if, the, if, if played again doesn't run so well, I'll drop you back a bit. And, and he was true to his word. Mm. So um, I don't think that necessarily makes us a really well-handicapped horse. I think we've got a horse that's, 
very competitive off his mark and ticks a lot of boxes for it. And the run last time, what were your thoughts coming out of that? Uh, after the race was actually fine. It was, I didn't enjoy watching the race for, um, for whatever reason. He didn't, he didn't travel or jump as well as he can. Um, mm. You know, he sat in a bit of a pocket behind three or four, and for the first two miles, I, I, it wasn't a nice watch. And then, then suddenly his class brought him through. Then, he, then they came to win his race at the last, and he just got got nabbed halfway at the run end. Mm. But um, he, so the hind, the, the end result and the end performance was fine, but the, the mid race watch, I wasn't very happy with. No, and obviously you can you can tell quite quickly. So then, Grand National, completely different proposition. Further, he needs to get obstacles he's not tried before in your mind knowing the Grand National as a rider and, and having seen horses going go on that you've trained to run in it do you think he has the the, the capabilities that is required to well, I think to he's generally it? a very good jumper um he's got a lovely way of racing is that he's not he doesn't waste any energy you know he just he just sits on the bridle and um I think I think you know, Brendan can ride him anywhere he wants, so that he can just basically he's got he's got enough a little bit of class where if he needs to put him somewhere he can. Mm. Um, and then the rest of it is you know you need a bit of luck in any race, especially the Grand National. Yeah. Um, but he's a good he's a good solid jumper, and you know he stayed well in the in the Labrooks Trophy. He's he stayed well at Ascot, um, so I've got no worries about that and. And like I said, the way he runs, he just he just saves a bit. So, you know, it's a sort of horse that, if everything goes to plan, I think he'll be bang there too out. Mm. Whether he's good enough, whether there's something better than him, who knows? But um, but if it, if he if he runs his race, and he then he, I think he'll be there too out. Hello everyone, welcome back. Jonathan Harding still alongside me and pleased to welcome Marcus Armitage. The, it's our Grand National special. So we've got the last amateur to win the Grand National in. Uh, yeah, that's about the only, re <laughs> only reason you've gone back 32 <laughs> you, Did you do years anything or... else? You don't do anything else, do you? <laughs> um, go on, take us back there then. The, 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 that Grand National, the... Um, what price were you on this? Uh, he was sixteen to one. He should have been favourite because of the ground. You know, he was. It was. I think there've only been two times since the war that it was fast ground. And it won't happen again. And he'd been. You know, he'd originally been bought to to go in the autumn for his owner, Mrs. Duffy, who came over for America every autumn. Uh, by by Kim, and uh, you know, it's just one that year. It never rained all winter. Bit bit like this one. Uh, they they, had, they didn't have the facilities to water the course, but you know the whole the whole thing about the national is getting on the right horse, and mm. there were so many little f bits of fate along the way that to to get on him and get on him on the right day, and then for it not to rain, and you know it was um, yeah, it was a great day. Why 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 you and this horse? What was this? How did the association start? Um, the most crazy thing uh, it was before jockeys got declared at the two-day stage. I, um, uh, the three meetings looked like they were going to be cancelled one December, about three years before the national. Uh, all the jockeys double, treble booked themselves. Ronnie Began was meant to ride him. Uh, 
at midnight it stopped freezing, so all the meetings were on. Next morning it was total chaos. No one had a mobile phone in those days. No one could get hold of a jockey to find out where they were going, so they were all riding out. Him trained in the same village as my father. And eventually, pulling his hair out, drove past uh, Dad's string and stuck his head out the window and said, would you like to ride Mr. Frisk at Doncaster today, where I was going to ride in the bumper? And um, he, he added, I think you'll, he'll, he'll, uh, you'll suit him very well. I knew he was lying. <laughs> I knew he was lying. And uh, he, I knew it was just desperation on his part. Anyway, he won. Didn't you ride, did suit him very well. Didn't ride him for another year, won again. Uh, didn't ride him for another year, won again. And then by that stage, it was, you know, we were, we were becoming, we, well, it was, you know, it was becoming a bit more obvious that we got on all right. Mm -hmm. I thought you were approaching the elbow, going to get beat there, having watched it back. Do you were always confident? What was second? Uh, yeah, the, I, uh, Durham edition. Right. But I, w I was always, um, He'd be, he had been out in front since Beechers, and um, I think he's, you know, he was a front runner, but I think he's probably, you know, there. It's probably fair, fair enough to get a bit lonely. And I, could, I can remember now that I could see the colours uh, just out of the corner of my eye of Chris Grant, and I, had, I thought it was a horse of Jenny Pittman's called Team Challenge, who I knew was slow as a hearse. And I, and it just wasn't, <laughs> I just didn't assume it, you know, Chris Grant was nicknamed Rambo because he was such a strong finisher. And uh, if I'd looked around and sort of see, looked Chris Grant in the eye, I think I might have panicked a bit, but I thought it was team challenge. It wasn't, it just, its head wasn't coming fast enough to sort of like go past me. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as it was there, Mr. Frisk knew about it and thing at Aintree is if you, the, you know when you get those horses that come very wide of a horse that's tired and been in front a long way they can wing past it on the outside because it doesn't really realize it's there but uh, on that occasion you know we were locked together f for the last furlong and it was um, I, n I never for some reason I never thought I was going to get beat. What was the, the buzz like? Um, the buzz was amazing but it you know I'd when I set out riding, I only wanted to do one thing, and it wasn't have a winner at Cheltenham or anything like that. It was to win the national, to, well, to ride in it initially. And why, why over, why that over the Cheltenham Festival? Because uh, my father had always wanted to win it as a trainer, and he'd had a few placed horses in it, and and he was he got used to get. Um, you know, depressed every April if he didn't have a runner in the national. It was a, a big thing, and um, so it was a big thing for the family. You know, mm. the whole mood of the family in the spring sort of revolved around the national. I went for the first time, aged uh, about seven, uh, for Red Rum's first national, and uh, I missed one year since when I was ill. Uh, when comply or die one, but otherwise I've um, been every year, and it's just been a huge thing in the family. I, that first national, I was tiny. The only person I could had any chance of seeing over on the grandstand was Fred Winter, who trained Chris, who was in front all that way. And I remember coming off the grandstand, and uh, every, you know, everyone's 
you know, saying bad luck to Fred and, um, uh, you know, everyone thinking, well, Fred Wentz will come back and have more winners. You know, Ginger McCain's had his day in the sun <laughs> and that's him done. And of course it was, it wasn't, it was, you know, Ginger McCain went on to become this huge, huge mm. personality and, you know, such a part of the Grand National. So it feels from what you're saying, I mean, it feels different now. Um, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there will be people like you nowadays thinking all I want to do is ride at a national over the Cheltenham Festival, but I'm not yep. sure. Are, th are the two compared to then, uh, have they gone on slightly different paths, do you think, the two well, meetings? Uh, well, Ch I did think uh, I had a couple of winners at Cheltenham a couple of years later, because mm -hmm. after having won the national and being an amateur, I was then... Basically, you were the go-to man. I was stuck on all these favourites yeah. at Cheltenham, and I managed you were, you to were win the Rob on James three of, of your era. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to win on a couple of them, but and and it what I did in the end, you know, Cheltenham became quite a big thing because mm -hmm. I knew that you know winning the national again was going to be. You had a double in '92. Um, yeah. Tug of tug of gold. Tug I'm of not gold presenting the, to, re to research this. The I'm grey really. the grey horse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he would have. Uh, uh, if I'd been riding him at Southwell, I would have pulled him up at the top of the hill because he w wasn't going that well. But he came right back on the bridle. And but it was Cheltenham, so it you was kept Cheltenham. Up. So you do, you know, you do keep going. Uh, and uh, uh, he was trained by David Nicholson, and um, yeah, he w that, was, that, that was that was quite a thrill. And you do you do feel like three foot taller walking in, mm -hmm. having ridden a winner at um, well. Entry. I was carried by two policemen from the from the where from the where I got off the horse in the winners' enclosure to the scales. And my feet, you know, people say your feet didn't touch the ground. They didn't touch the ground because they physically picked me up and carried me because that was uh, you know what they did. What? But I mean, you so that there was no interference oh, and I that see, I, I see, got yeah. there without being, you know, so many people well-wishers. It wasn't well because you were exhausted, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking. No, maybe it was, yeah. but uh, maybe they saw how tired I looked, but no, it, was, it wasn't, uh, you know, that's, they, that was a sort of security thing that they were doing. Did you ride better having won a national because of your, because of the confidence it gave you? The, the, did, it, did it ease pressure going forward for you? Um, I don't, I don't. Uh, maybe, but you know, it, the fact was it opened a few doors because it got me on some better horses in amateur races mm. at Cheltenham. When when we came in, Jonathan and I were very much of the opinion that riding the national, particularly then, would be probably the most terrifying thing you could do. But then you said it was it was so exciting. Ninety five, I think you said when you were fifth, was so exciting. Um, where I'm sure most. I was going to say normal people, yeah. right-minded people. <laughs> yes, well, most right-minded people. No, but if that's you know, if that's what you do, I mean, I wouldn't ride, I wouldn't ride up a track on a motorbike, and because I'm, I'd be absolutely terrified of it. It's totally what you, you know, what you do, and it was a, it was a challenge. I, do, I don't know now, uh, the fences, you know, they're not as challenging as they were, mm -hmm. and I'm not just saying this because I, you know, back in the day, an old jock is all that sort of thing. Who, so who, this is Royal Athlete, who are you on here? The one with the noseband in second. So right. at that stage I'd hardly moved on him. I mean that, that was fantastic that year because Mr Frisk had been in front most of the way and or a lot of the way. I only saw probably two or three other horses after we jumped the first and um, riding Romany King who loved Aintree and he's one of those horses who had a sort of radar and it was like 
you know, he was in the back back half to start with, and it was like riding through a battlefield. And he's it, not the biggest, is he? No, and he and you know he was beaten by party politics, if you remember, in '92, and you know party politics. He was two strides to one of party politics as two strides. I mean, it was it was really unfair. <laughs> that, you know, they should have a horse, a, 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 a national for slightly smaller horses. But, you know, he loved it around there. He couldn't win a hunter chase that year. And he was favorite for every hunter chase he started, never, couldn't win any, went there. And at the second last, he was the only horse that was gonna look like getting near Royal Athlete. Mm. He didn't quite, you know, he never quite got the trip. Otherwise, I think he would have won a national. Where, where I suppose it's interesting given that you, you know, you grew up wanting to ride in a national, wanting to win a national, um, you won a national over those fences. We now talk about it being a, a different national and it's a sport which you commentate on uh, for, your, for your living now, and you write about for your, for your living now. So how do you feel about the Grand National now? Well, I, I mean, it probably had, I mean, I was lucky because I rode over it when, uh, before most of the, I mean, it's always been modified over history anyway, uh, even, you know, after the second or third running, they took a wall out because it was causing too much chaos. And then they put it back in because they replaced it with a water jump. And this is like year three of the Grand National. And then they, they put the wall back in because there were complaints. And of course, there's absolute carnage at this four foot wall or whatever. Uh, so there've always been changes and it's so, so it's always evolved. I must say, I, as a writer, uh, well, going, w riding around it, it was amazing. And normal fences, you you know, you jump, and you don't think anything of it, and it's all very flowing and everything. I always felt at Aintree, you 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 even felt that you were in the air a couple of seconds longer at every fence. Obviously, it's probably not that long, but it just you just had that feeling that you were in the air so much longer, and the drops, and there aren't the drops now. Um, you can you can virtually hurdle beaches uh, back then if you got a photo of yourself jumping beaches every horse had its nose two or three inches off the ground landing and that's what one, the ones jumping it well you know so I remember writing for the Newbury Weekly News you know about the experience of riding in the fox hunters around there in about 87 or may, maybe 86 something and and just, you know, what a thrill it was to ride over these big, famous old fences. Um, so I th the changing of the, f I, as a writer, uh, I was getting to the point where, you know, too many horses were getting injured in the national every year. And, you know, when you're last out the press room at eight o'clock, having had to do an extra 500 words on why there were two casualties and, you know, and and I was getting to the point where I was thinking, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't want this to, to go on because, uh, uh, from my own point of view, from writing about it, you know, it, it, and it's not good for racing anyway. So they trialed these softer centres. I mean, the old centres were wooden four-inch stakes, you know, and actually to ride over them. They, they sounded like hurdles because these stakes were rattling off each other inside the... sounded more like a hurdle than it did uh, a steeplechase fence. But now they've got these softer... I mean, they're much more forgiving. I do... Now they jump... The way they jump them now, horses don't get quite such a breather over them as they probably did in the old days. 
And so I think, you know, although it's a bit shorter now, stamina is just as important because you're not, horses aren't getting the breather. And whether, you know, two and a half milers had a bit of a chance in the old days because they were always getting a breather over every fence and they didn't go that much of a gallop. And now I think because of the fences, they go much uh, harder gallop and they don't get so long in the air. So they're, so they're not filling up quite so much. And, um, but you know, the times are no quicker or, you know, mm. times are no quicker than they you, ever You'll were. probably forever hold the, you still hold the record, I take it. Well, yeah, but that, uh, they, they water the course now yeah. to add to the safety of the whole thing. I mean, I imagine quite a few horses came back jarred up from the 1990 National because it was so firm. So, you know, the, the, so lots of little different things they've done to make it safer, which is great. And otherwise, you know, I think the race's future would have been in a bit of jeopardy given that the way, you know, animal rights and everything's mm. going. Well, I mean, you, you'll have only known a modern day national from a writing about perspective, mm. Jonathan. Well, as, a, as a spectacle, how do, how does it fit into your calendar amongst the other big racing spectacles? Well, it's right, it's right up there for me. I mean, it's that and the Cheltenham Gold Cup are the two that you sort of hang your hat on each season. They're the two big ones you look forward to. And I think those changes were necessary. I don't think it necessarily detracts from the spectacle too much. You know, they, we still have plenty of action. It's just perhaps the landings are a little bit softer and there's that little, little bit of risk taken out. But I, d I still think the race holds that it still requires that luck and those moments of fate as you go through, as Marcus touched on there. It still has that risk and reward, and it, re it rewards tactical riding, and it rewards bravery in the way that it, it, that it ought to. But it's got, now we don't quite have so many of the negative aspects as well, which, which could have, as Mark said, jeopardized the, the future of the race. And I think it, you know, we benefited from some, uh, a fabulous few national years with Tiger Roll winning the, the race twice and then, yes, sadly not going for a third for, for obvious reasons, and then Rachel last year. So it, I, I suppose from, from both of your points of view, it's not been a, a difficult spectacle to sell. It's not been difficult to find the stories in recent years. No, I think, I think um, you know, you, you were talking about why did I get into it? I mean, I think a lot of people would have seen, especially girls last year would have seen Rachel winning it and thinking, well, you know, a few of them will be thinking, that's what I want to do mm. when I'm, but you know, that's, that's 10, 15 years down the, the line that her, the Rachel effect might have its biggest you know, influence in, you know, with people who are 10, 11, 12 now. Is her winning the, the Grand National, that's, that's bigger than her winning the Gold Cup, it's bigger than her, the, the Cheltenham she had last year. That, that's the, that's the, the, the pinnacle of, of broadening racing's appeal, isn't it? I think you're right, yeah. In terms of quality, obviously winning the Gold Cup is, it takes a, arguably takes a classier horse, that's the more, that's sort of the elite angle of it, whereas the national is so ingrained in the, in the national psyche, that's, that's the race really that the general public, have, they're, they're watching it, they're having their one pound bet on it, they're, you know, they're, they're showing an interest in it. So for her to do that is, that was the biggest stage really for her and it was just that. Well, it was, it, you know, it was global rather than national, which, yeah. which is Cheltenham. And, um, you know, people all around the world would have seen her do that and mm. know her for that. Yeah, it was, I don't think it dawned, well, I, I, when it happened, I'm not sure it quite dawned on me how, 
huge a moment it was because we talked about it in the past. You know, could Katie Walsh be the first female rider to to win a national? Your your sister rode at the national, right? Yeah, she she um, she pulled up. I think she's going quite well at one stage. Okay. But uh, 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 she rode in one national, or a couple. I think so. Uh, we were due to ride in uh, the eighty-seven one together, and she broke her knee in the Topham two days before. So I got the ride, and I didn't sleep for two nights. I was I was so excited to be. Uh, I mean, not uh, unfortunate for her, but uh, <laughs> yeah, get that. Get I did not. Get I did that, not. <laughs> get that in there. You did commiserate her, of I course. I did, and you know, and I was so excited. And I was on a two hundred to one outsider, and it was just the excitement of being part of this thing that I'd, um, you know, and well, she was my younger sister, so. Uh, you know, it would have been exciting watching her riding in it, but yeah. uh, uh, that was just uh, awful for her. And actually, it was touch and go for a while whether she was going to be able, I mean, she was trying to ride and hope that the knee wasn't too damaged. And uh, someone else got injured, so she came, she would have come in for the ride on uh, Mononor, I think, who's not, uh, not Mononor, something else that she'd won on at Cheltenham that. Uh, uh, a month earlier. So whether she was going to be fit to ride or not, I was going to ride Dad's horse, who and she jumped around the beach a second time. Uh, probably, I think she had a bit of a bug on her that season, but she might she might have. Normally, she would have probably jumped around, completed the course. But that was a real thrill going round. Uh, you know, first time, mm. even with no chance whatsoever. <laughs> it was like to win it for the family would have been incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I think that's probably the greatest thing, the f you know the father son thing. Uh, uh, you know, Ruby Walsh winning for his father and that sort of thing. I think and and the Carberries and things. I think that's massive. Mm. Uh, you see, th this is this I take is why I you're take it for anyone. This is why <laughs> you're my family though. This is why you're 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 different gear because you're not even linked up to what's going on, and we've got Ted Walsh standing by. Just <laughs> it's brilliant, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not needed. Well, he would say, I, mean, it, I, I don't think he could. Be, you ask him, but can he bet? Can he better Papillon winning with Ruby on board? Ted, did you hear that? Tom, uh, I would say I cannot, Marcus. I cannot bet her that is right. I might have equaled it if Katie was lucky enough to win on Seabad, but but I certainly couldn't bet her. Well, yeah, what, 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 what was it like watching him? Pop, was, it, was it 2000? It was what was 2000. it like watching um, him pop, pop around um, 22 years ago? Yeah, it was great. Like Marcus describes it so well. It's, 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 he's a horseman through and through and obviously a fine writer on top of that. But at the same time, he was a very good amateur, but he appreciated the enormity of winning the National. And Marcus would agree, like, even to get a ride in the National when I was a young fella was a big thing, let alone winning it. Uh, it was a huge thing. I only had the one spin that didn't get too far. Uh, and I never thought that I'd be lucky enough to come across a horse like Papillon. And on top of it, then, the icing on the cake altogether was to have Ruby around to ride him. I would have been as proud as Punch if Ruby had ridden the winner of the national for anybody. But the fact that it was me training it and he riding it and the whole family were there, uh, Katie and Ted led him up, Jennifer was there, Helen was there, all our friends. And he was owned by, as I consider my fairy godmother, uh, Betty Moran, who sadly passed on last year. But uh, it was just it's just magic. I couldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't say I'll ever experience anything like it again in my life. And I'm just glad that I'm still able to remember it. 
See, see, I, I remember, um, I mean, that's probably my first um, major national memory because I remember my dad explaining to me the significance of it being Ted and Ruby and, 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 and such a family occasion. And, you know, I, I still think that is at the, it's at the heart of racing, in particular the National Hunt game. It was, yeah, it, it's my sort of first major national memory. Not, not well, Papillon was fantastic, but because of, of you and Ruby. Yeah, it was. But if you asked Aidan O'Brien tomorrow morning and all the great winners he's had, I bet you he'd mention the ones that Joseph or Dunica were on. Because that's an added thing. As a parent, you always hope for that your children will um, turn out lucky and be happy and to win the national. If you elect to be a jockey, to be good enough to win the Epsom Derby and a jump jockey, to be good enough to win a Gold Cup or an English national. I mean, that's, that's as much as anyone could expect. Uh, and then to have it trained by your father or your mother or whoever it is, it's a huge thing. And uh, it stuck with us and will go with me to my grave, I hope. I hope I still remember when I'm ready to die. <laughs> we'll remind you. Um, yeah. Well, well I, I read a piece for um, Katie's, it might have been today, but, but she said, you know, last year we'll, we'll take some beating because of, of Rachel Blackmore. But she'd love nothing more than this year for her dad to win it. So... You got a good chance. Yeah, he has a good chance. He has a good chance. No doubt about that. He has a good chance. He's uh, he's in good shape. Well, what's what's going to be different other than more weight to last year, Ted? What you said, Tom? What what's going to be different other than more weight this time around to last year? Ah, sure. Like if you look back on the history of the national, like horses, he was a slightly unlucky not to be a bit closer last year. I don't know if it, if look. It comes into it that that you're going to get better luck this year. Um, there's nothing really. I think it's even it's every bit as competitive, if not a, a more competitive national. I think Delta Work myself, even though he might end up with top weight, would be very hard to beat. He's a five-time Grade One winner or a six-time Grade One winner. Was a good Grade One novice hurler. Was a good Grade One novice chaser. Won a few Open Grade Ones. Garden always thought that maybe he had Gold Cup horse. Lost his way a little bit. Jack gets a good tune out of him. He beat what I consider one of the great horses of our time in Tiger Roll at uh, Cheltenham in the cross country and beat him fair and square. And I think he has a massive chance. I think whatever beats uh, Delta Walk uh, will win the national. Mm. Um, we just watched back the when he was hampered uh, in the race there, Ted, with, with Marcus and Jonathan alongside. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's game over, isn't it, if that happens That's to you? That's game over. I actually, yeah. I actually thought, Tom, that Mark might pull him up when he passed the stands. He got that far back and I said, our oh, chance is gone, Mark will pull him back. But whatever vibes he was giving Mark, he, uh, he progressed on with him, gave him a super ride, gave him loads of time to get back into it. But having said that, he had to use up plenty of petrol to get into a challenging position. And I even thought, I was the only one that thought that maybe at, when he crossed the Melling Road, they were still there with a chance. And I was about the only one that wasn't over the moon to see Rachel win the national. I was thinking about myself and how hard luck. Jennifer was on one side of me shouting for Rachel, and everybody else was shouting for Rachel. And I was saying, Jesus, if only that didn't happen. I was delighted for her afterwards, but I must admit, Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore didn't come into my mind uh, from the time you faced up to the last. I was only thinking about my own fellow and how unlucky I was. Oh, quite, quite right, too. Quite right. Yeah, too. well, I mean, I could tell you, like, I was, I was delighted afterwards, but I definitely wasn't shouting for Rachel. <laughs> um, 
So uh, stay there, but I, I'm just going to ask this question to, to Marcus. Um, well, you know, you've ridden in the race as well, but given what happened to um, Ted's horse then, tucked away on the inside, do you just go down the wing my wings route, right? Keep the horse eight wide, out of trouble, job done, no? Um, well, I, no, I think uh, jockeys tend to, to have a, you know, they either like the inside or the outside, or, or, or uh, I think Rachel was in the middle most of the time, wasn't she? Mm. Um, Jockeys seem very set in their ways at Aintree, and they either like the middle or the outer going down to beaches and things like that. Uh, he, he was taking the brave man's route, and, um, you know, he was, well, he did well to stand up, the horse, really. I mean, did amazingly well to stand up. Do, do you, do, does, he, does he have to, to get covered up in the race, do you think, Ted? No, 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 but I think Mark gave him a fine ride. If you look at the race again, Rachel is just on his outside. Not, there's no one between Rachel and Mark. The two of them are side by side going down to the fence. Johnny Burke is in front of them on a horse that's never fallen in his life. And he falls and he rolls in in front of uh, any second now. He could just as easy have rolled out in front of Rachel Blackmore and we'd still be looking for the first lady to win the national. You know, that's, that's how it's only a split second. Horse falls in front of you. Does he go left or does he go right? And if he falls in in front of your path, you're in the wrong place. If he falls out in front of the other man, you pat yourself in the back and say, I was lucky there. I, I, I don't think. And as Marcus says, some guys like to ride wide. Some horses like to be ridden wide. They're not bad about being covered up. But I thought Mark gave him a fine ride. And if he rides in the same way again this year, if he has a bit of luck, I leave it to him. I definitely wouldn't give a jockey any instructions. I think that the, when you put him up on him, you wish him the best. You have the faith in him when they're going out to ride him. And they know their horses and they know what they should do. And that's it. You just... Uh, Marcus has been around and got a fine ride off of Mr. Frisk and, uh, and he's travelled well and like when, you, when everything works out well you say to yourself when you pull up well I made all the right decisions there and when things don't go wrong you say why didn't I do this or why didn't I do that everyone always questions himself when something goes uh, skew ways Is he he's a slightly different prep this year Ted but have you, do you feel you got him a, just exactly where you want him? Uh, yeah uh, slightly different he ran the two mile race at the same weekend this year as he ran the three-mile race. But I thought the two-mile race in this, was a, even though it was only three runners, was a smart race. There was horses higher rated in him, and he was going to have more to do. And I think that he needed, I thought there was a bit of flesh on him, and I thought he needed a bit more of a, of a graft. And I thought the three-mile and one at Fairy House suited him better. Frank and myself had a chat about it. wasn't a whole lot. He's a year older. Mark was never going to give him a hard race at Fairy House. Just make sure he got a, a good run into him give him a couple of smacks, make him know he had a race. And that's exactly what happened. Lucky yeah. enough, he was on the right side of the photo finish. He could just as easily have been beaten a short head by Ascari at 10, who again is a, a big challenger in the race as well too. But I'm happy my fellow's going in the right direction. He's where I want him. All he needs to do now is to uh, perform a bit of luck and perform to the best of his ability. And Marcus will tell you he's ridden a lot more entry races than I ever did, but... Like, some horses go back there and they absolutely love the place. And some horses go back and they're maybe not as enthusiastic the next time. I think with the modification of the fences, there's not as much emphasis now on the jumping end of it. The big timbers down the middle are gone out of the fences. They're an easy fix underneath the spruce. And if horses hit them, it doesn't hurt them. And the drops are gone, which used to frighten horses. I always thought that, and the lads who rode in that national, the Fine Avon National, always maintained it was the drop at Beecher's that frightened the horses in front and they jammed on the next, which is a small fence. And usually if you're out hunting and an old horse gets a fright with you jumping off a bank 
he can be a bit careful of the next one. But it's all a matter of... Uh, that's my theory on it, anyway. Um, good luck. Good stuff. We'll, um, we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Tom. See you, Marcus. Cheers. Good luck.